conspiracy ecosystem on YouTube, according to social media researcher Jonathan Albright. If you're into the um, conspiracy stuff, and I know a lot of people who are, just kind of for fun, like, for some reason. It's a puzzle. It's a mystery. It's intriguing. I get it. There are about 9,000 different videos have been watched to combine 4 billion times about everything from the September 11th attacks, the JFK assassination, Pizzagate, and a prominent one, these mass shootings and whether or not these people are actors or who's behind them and the false flag operations. And we saw that pop up in the news last week. Craig Timberg and Drew Harwell of the Washington Post wrote a piece that's online right now. In fact, we have a link to it at our website so you can find it really easily about the Parkland shooting, quote unquote, crisis, crisis actor videos and and where they lead in the YouTube vortex. Craig Timberg joins us now. Craig, how are you, sir? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? Good. I think we're all familiar with getting sucked into the YouTube vortex. I go to see, you know, uh, to some video of my favorite band, and then it has suggestions, and before I know it, I'm watching recipes and <laughs> and, and Civil War battles and the rest of and it. And it's six days later, and you haven't eaten or used the bathroom. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but, but you're writing about uh, Jonathan Albright's research and what he found. Tell us about it. Well, so what he did is he... Uh, seeded his research by looking at 256 videos that dealt with the the notion of crisis actors. This is the idea that mass shootings are really staged political events and that people are paid, these crisis actors like these Parkland kids, uh, are allegedly, you know, just just on the dole to push a political theme. And so this idea has gained a lot of currency on the Internet uh, over the past few years. And so Jonathan Albright wanted to see, well, if you start watching that stuff, what do you get next? And, you know, some of it's some of, so YouTube will spit out some harmless stuff, late night comedians and, you know, embarrassing blooper videos and such. But what you also get is just tons and tons and tons of other conspiracies. As you said, September 11th, uh, other mass shooting conspiracies are very prominent. JFK assassination conspiracies. The infamous the pizza gate, of course. Yeah. yeah the idea is that there's, there's just this, this like this huge web of this stuff. It's connected um, to other stuff that's like it by YouTube, which is a platform, you know, we all trust to kind of give us interesting content, but it's also giving us garbage content at the same time. Um, what's driving it? Is it political motivations? Is it people trying to get enough viewers that they make ad revenue? Is it people that just kind of enjoy the trolling aspect of it? Do you have any idea? I think it's kind of all of the above. Uh, there's clearly financial motive. I mean, when, when things get viewed you know, tens of millions of times, there's money in it. Uh, There's also people who are just trying to muddy the water. And there's also people who no doubt believe this stuff. And so, you know, we've become as a society much more distrustful of all forms of authority, right? And that includes the churches and universities and, you know, news organizations. uh, And that just uh, and in some ways, it's nice that there's a, that there's skepticism, but it hasn't been replaced by a lot of um, rigorous facts uh, on the other side. It's like we're very we're increasingly skeptical of these old-fashioned institutions, but we seem to believe all of this other stuff, that, no matter who it comes from. Yeah, the thinnest of evidence. So uh, I know Albright said, and just looking at your article, it's not YouTube getting gamed. It's that YouTube has allowed this to flourish, um, the presumption being that they shouldn't. And how would they stop it? These companies are are awfully powerful, um, and they have, uh, you know, big, um, fast computers, and they have, you know, the best data scientists and the best artificial intelligence scientists in the world in many cases. And uh, I I think that Albright's argument is that these – 
these companies have kind of tuned their algorithms around entertainment, right? YouTube is predominantly an entertainment vehicle. News is a relatively small part of it. So that means that stuff that's, that's compelling or catchy or interesting gets uh, pushed forward all the time. And I think he and some others would say, well, when it's, when it's serving a news delivery function, you need to have mechanisms to make that news delivery more careful, that, that, that make it clear to people whether a source is credible or not. Now, Facebook has begun to move in this direction. Uh, I think YouTube is trying to move in this direction. But it's also clear that, um, that nobody's really had this kind of front of mind until the last little bit. Yeah, you know, I, it's definitely a question worth asking. But, you know, I sit here a little uncomfortable. Craig Timberg of the Washington uh, Post is uh, their tech reporter. is on the line right now. I'm uncomfortable because I know the political leanings of uh, most YouTubers and Silicon Valley types and and those who are calling for this sort of, uh, we'll not call it censorship, we'll call it massaging of content, that they have a politi- political views diametrically opposed to my own, and I would rather have the Wild West than their carefully crafted YouTube experience. Well, so that's exactly the debate that, that we're beginning to have. It's like, uh, it, and it, it often gets framed in a kind of free, free speech um uh, way, which is totally reasonable on one sense, but in another sense, the, the question is not whether people get to say what they want or push out what they want. The, the question is what gets surfaced most prominently. And of course, there's a there's a political context to that, right? If if if, if people are sitting behind you know their curtain and 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 pushing forward, uh, you know, obviously partisan things because they're trying to elect certain folks, uh, like that that's clearly a problem. If if any of those companies were doing that, at, at the other on the other side though, like, do we really want Everybody to be totally equal online. Everybody's credibility to be start at zero, um, or do or do you want some sort of accretion of credibility as 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 people or organizations, you know, show that they that they're interested in the truth. They correct right. their errors. Right. They report out stories. Right. So it, it does get fairly subtle, but it, it increasingly looks really important. To well, me, I think right? that's the, our the only Russian thing is is about this. Right. I they think that's our only hope anything. for the future is that some news organizations really work hard at being fair. And balanced, if you'll pardon the phrase. Well, and, we, we work awfully. We work awfully hard at it, right? I mean, well, people, right. But who does the accrediting? Here, people who. Well, I, I'm not arguing for accreditation, but I do think that you, it, it is a knowable fact whether news organizations, for example, correct their errors when when they're discovered. There's, it's a knowable fact when people plagiarize. Do people lose their jobs? I can tell you with the Washington Post and other mainstream news organizations, people lose their jobs when stuff like that happens. Mm-hmm. So that's not true at Infowars. It's also true that when stuff is, is anonymous, that the kind of legal infrastructure on defamation and libel doesn't really work, right? You can say whatever you want about anybody if you don't attach your name to it. So I just, in, in a way, like I just think the mechanisms need to need to have skepticism baked into it. Yeah, well, it's it is the intriguing question of our time. Oh, no yeah, doubt. I'm not I'm not arguing yeah. from a particular point of view, just a devil's advocate yeah. um, view of who does. That accrediting and on what basis? And well, I'm using accrediting in in, in quotes, our, not right. real. It'll be our own personal experience. We just right. and and some news organizations need to uh, or websites need to uh, become go tos where a, a right. giant chunk of the country believes they're most of the time right because without that we're doomed. <laughs> and does YouTube or, or, decide or, that or, or, on or, or, some or of the bases that Craig has has mentioned here, which yeah. are quite reasonable, or well, does is that any, in the hands of the viewer entirely? Well, I don't have any problem with some places like YouTube just putting everything up there, right? Just everything. 
and uh, and letting people decide. That's a recipe for manipulation. That means that people whose goal is to deceive you will win the fight for your attention. It's just the reality. Not my attention. All the evidence (laughs) in the world. Well, I mean, the the David Hogg Crisis Actor video about that Parkland student was the number one trending video on YouTube a week ago. There are a lot of dopes in the world, Craig. I don't know if you've ever noticed. See, that's uh, (laughs) Joe and I might disagree with on this because. I believe I can, with a lot of effort, figure out what's real and what's not. But if most people don't, can't, or don't care, and they vote and win the day, that's the country I live in. So, you know, where am I then? That's when I moved to Ecuador. (laughs) Democracy is a shared experience, right? I don't want to share it with a lot of these people. Exactly. (laughs) I don't want to have a cab ride with the average voter. Have you? I haven't. I. This is probably bad of me, uh, since this is what I do for a living. I haven't watched any of these crisis actor videos. Have you watched any of them? Are they are they convincing? Yeah. I mean, look, the, the political propaganda is good, man. People know what they're doing. It's only going to get better with the, with the onset oh. of, of virtual reality. Oh, yeah. Right? I, yeah. I think we're doomed. By the way, I, I start from the standpoint of I <laughs> think we're doomed, we're doomed because <laughs> okay, as, as soon enough. as the technology gets good enough that they can make a video that looks like anybody or sounds like anybody of anything, then I don't know where the hell we are. Pa- pa- partially because... Any candidate, whether it's Donald Trump or, or, or whoever in the future, can deny anything. Right. Once, once we see a video that's, that's perfectly believable, I mean, looks as believable of, any, yep. of, of, any cane, of, of anything you've ever seen, of Barack Obama going in and robbing a liquor store with a gun, and it looks completely believable, and, and then we find out that didn't happen. From then on, every politician can deny anything that ever comes out. Or claim anything. Right, right. That's why the sources matter. Right. And that's why there have to be consequences for being right and consequences for being wrong. Yeah. Well, fair enough. Uh, I hope it works that way. I hope there are some organizations that we all trust in that a a giant chunk of us follow. I hope that's the way it works. As decided by the government, they'll tell you who to listen to. (laughs) Craig Timberg of the Washington Post. It's a great discussion, Craig, and one that is it it, it, will. Well, we're doomed. I was going to say it will. It will help decide whether there's hope for the end point, which is that we're on the road to. Well, right. I was going to try to pose it as if the end is in doubt, but it's not. We're doomed. And in Joe's world, by the way, it always ends in cannibalism. It will. <laughs> and if you're not on guard against cannibalism, you'll be the first eaten. Craig Timberg, hey, it's always great to talk, Craig. Thanks. Yeah, likewise. Okay, right. see you yeah. guys. You know, I, I believe, I believe that they believe, all the people at the Washington Post, that they are doing their very best, and they probably are. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a giant chunk of the country that doesn't believe the Washington Post. Right. Sometimes fair. for good reason. Sometimes for Sometimes good reason. Sometimes for not good reason. Both. Um, and a lot of it, as we've talked about over the years, a lot of bias is the selection of which stories you cover. Right. Even if you covered them 100% perfectly, the fact that you cover this one all the time and ignore that one, that's a bare, very, very major bias. Sure. But there's a, there's, you know, there's, there's something to balance that out. That's the, the Fox thing. I mean, they'll cover Syria when other channels aren't covering it at all, mm-hmm. for instance. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. But I guess his argument is that this is all going to get just smothered by the YouTubes and Facebooks of the world. Right. Well, you know, it's funny. My my objecting to the paternalism of YouTube is its own paternalism in that YouTube can do whatever it wants. If it decides it's going to filter out wackadoo conspiracy theory videos and instead just put forward or or put forward more prominently uh, more reliable sources, that sort of thing, however they want to define, define it. Who am I to tell them they're wrong? Go ahead, YouTube. Do whatever you want. Uh, uh, 
This is actually this is a great example of what I was talking about before when I was taking shots at progressives who want to cure every problem and are willing to trade in any principle if it cures the problems they think are worth curing. They will change the Constitution. They will have a president serve 11 terms, whatever, because it will bring about the utopia. And, you know, I'm terrified by that sort of thinking. Well, listen, as a liberty loving guy, um, I'm staunchly against standards for quote-unquote what videos ought to be pushed forward and what shouldn't although youtube again is a private enterprise they can yeah, do whatever they want right and 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 our guest believes in the public pressure to make them weed out stuff like that right well and hey let's give it a try as long as it's not enforced at the end of the government's gun go ahead youtube Hello, YouTube. I'm Mike Huckabee. Hello, YouTube. I'm but, Mike Huckabee. But at some point, how do you stand over here and, and, and people are voting crazy ways and rioting in the streets and sure. this and that. And you and just, always have been. And, and you stand in your house, nose in the air. And, yes. I can't believe they all believe this stuff. It's not real. Fools. <laughs> exactly. Fools and baldrones. What, what good does that do you? Well, I'm in Ecuador in this scenario. <laughs> smelling their delightful Ecuadorian spices on the grill or the... Griddle or whatever they cook with. Yeah, probably coal fire. Have you watched any of these videos, Sean? I should check some of them out. I've seen some. I can't stomach them for too long, like too long. But I've seen some of them just for research purposes. Uh huh. Um, they they know what they're doing. There certainly is a recipe to them too. When you see oh, one, yeah. you can start to see the playbook that other people's use when they are making these videos. Okay. Yeah, I have friends who swear by them. I mean. Have you seen this? Have you seen this? Yeah, I know. Does uh, anybody get kicked in the crotch? Because that's what you're looking for. Those are good videos, aren't they? Sometimes it's like a golf club that hits them in the crotch. Michael, you like those? I do. People accidentally taking one in the five hole. That's your favorite genre of video, right? Oh, boy. Always entertaining. (laughs) Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. 415-295-KFTC. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The highway was teasing me with promises and visions of a country unseen in a black limousine. For the better part of my 20s on the corner of this dirty street, a decade in the making, just a loser on two tender feet. See, dreams come true, dreams come true, dreams come true, dreams come true. This is a potential double for five. And maybe gold for the U.S. Can he get it? He can! Five on the board for Team USA! United States won! Wow, five on the board? (laughs) Yeah, five. Damn! Uh, First gold medal for curling for men. Yes! I like the United States. Because that one dude looks like. Super Mario from the Mario Brothers he does. game. I'm a big fan of that. <laughs> nice. Um, so this is a sport you could win a gold medal in that, in theory, even at this point in my life, I could start practicing really hard and make the team, right? Yeah. Yep. I probably I wouldn't be one of those sweeper guys. Uh, it looks exhausting. Uh, I'm you not sure? big into housework. If you watch them throw the puck, you got to really, you got to practically do the splits. Is that well, going to be your I thing? Could stretch for a while. Okay. Yeah, I've been telling people. Maybe I'd invent a new style. <laughs> Joe Getty with the upright style is really taking the world of curling by storm. You know, Jim, thanks for asking. It actually it evolved because I can't bend over. So I'm really stiff. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I could get that stretching going. I've been telling people that I think with about six to nine months of training, I could at least be an alternate for the U.S. Olympic team. Oh, in that, see, that's in that what you think. I, you know, it's funny. I think that, too, but it doesn't really make sense. I mean, like, if you want to be a really good pool player, you got to play eight hours a day your entire life to be good at it. And if you wanted to beat those people, it would be impossible. I'm talking, like, serious training. Like, I would yeah. put in multiple hours a day to, to be good at curling. But I think now, I could get to Olympic alternate level status in about nine months. I don't have any idea how serious these guys are. They might meet once a week and drink beer on Friday nights there in Minnesota. And uh, most nights they curl, <laughs> some they don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, the Vikings are playing tonight. There, uh, you want to watch that instead? And there's a certain amount of just kind of luck involved, and you you know you end up winning the gold medal. Well, I don't. Right. I don't have any idea. That might have been very disrespectful. I've never curled. Luck favors the prepared, Jack. It does. Yeah, the fortune favors the bold. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I would love uh, curling. Is from the family of sports that includes shuffleboard. Bar shuffleboard, bocce, and and uh, this probably those are the big ones, the big examples of it. I love them all. I remember as a little kid, I used to go see my parents. They lived in a retirement community in New Jersey before my grandfather's business went bankrupt. Nice job, Gladys. Really even today. Yeah. Oh yeah, on the notes. Well, she's been working. Speaking of practice, you know. oh, she's got a compression pedal. <laughs> I got it. Cheating. <laughs> cool. Cheating. Ah, uh, so anyway, uh, we'd go uh, to the retirement community there in New Jersey, and and I wanted to play shuffleboard all day long. Oh, the kind of stuff I've they been do. Lear- yearning to be retired since I was a wee lad. Old people spring break, man. Oh. Have you ever been to a retirement community? They have a I'm good time. You. Oh, please, yeah. Just watch out for the STDs because they're rampant. Because <laughs> oh, it's a nonstop party. Thanks for that. Everybody's cocktailing, and you know they're working out. They're hot. It's yeah. In my sitcom that I probably will never actually finish writing, that was going to be one of the characters. He Somehow he got grandfathered into his apartment place, but it's now a retirement community, so oh, he's like, like the it. only 20-something. Nice premise. He's everybody's grandkid, <laughs> that is good. right? Like That was that was going to be one of the things. That's not mm-hmm. bad. So how much time I got, Michael? Because I want just the right amount of time for this. I meant 20. This will be perfect, I think. So I'm reading this hey, book. It doesn't really matter what the book is. But this is, this is in 19- 19... Is it the one about the whale? And now that's Moby Dick. Mm. Uh, this is in 1934, and this guy's at this fancy dinner, and this uh, rich woman sits down beside him. And this is in 1934, and I just thought this was, well, I thought this was applicable to everyone's lives. At lunch, Eden's wife couldn't stop complaining about how busy she was, and most of all about the haste with which everything had to be done. Not a moment to reflect or to catch one's breath. Everything moves at breakneck speed, and you find yourself caught in a maelstrom from which there is no escape. Truly, our fathers and grandfathers lived in better times. Everything in the world was quieter, calmer, and steadier then. There was time enough for taking a walk, reading her book, or having a think. Why wasn't I born in that time, she sighed. Mm. That was in 1934. Wow. Makes you stop and think, which there's no time for. So don't. People been feeling like now is busy and hectic and crazy at least that long, as opposed to their grandfather's era. I think at some point you actually cross the line. So they get up from the lunch and go hunt the whale, or what? I don't understand. <laughs> it's not Moby Dick. <laughs> uh, there's no time for your tease, Marsh. Sorry. He's got news next. Yeah, and it'll be good, I promise you, on the Armstrong and Getty Show. By the way, 
Uh, getting back to our interview half hour ago, we had a lot of uh, you texters very angry at us that we don't that we mock these conspiracies that are out there so easily. Um, some of you think we're being paid to mock these conspiracies. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! I, I would mock them for wait money. Wait a minute! But I'm doing it for free. <laughs> I'm not. My checks are getting lost or something. Damn it! I will mock practically anything for money. You're a mocker. For enough money, I'll mock fatherhood all day long. Whatever it, whatever it takes. Yeah, mocker see, for hire. Cross the line. <laughs> wow. Stay tuned. Uh, news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump is vowing to turn grief into action after the recently deadly mass shooting at that high school in Florida. Speaking to governors at the White House this morning, Trump slammed cops who did not try to engage the Florida shooter. He called it disgusting and disgraceful. It is. President saying he believes he would have run in there himself even if he didn't have a weapon. Meantime, Trump is vowing to take action to ban... That's, that's a heck of a thing right, to say. see, that's over the line. There we are. Back to ridiculous. Guy's got no filter. He's really an astounding human being. I think, I think a lot of people yeah. would run in there, uh, even without a weapon. But the president shouldn't say that. That's a, that's a heck of a thing to say. Oh, well. Meantime, Trump vowed to take action to ban gun modifications like bump stocks, even if Congress does nothing. He says he'll do it himself. The shooter in last year's Vegas massacre used bump stocks to uh, pull off a rapid-fire attack. Meanwhile, the, you the got, problem with the bump stock yeah. thing, if, if why Barack Obama didn't do that, is they decided, talking to lawyers, it's not a gun thing. So you can't do it under ATF regulations. So under, under what department are you banning something that's not a gun object? Because the president can't, for instance, ban washing machines. Or office chairs. And that's that's more the category this bump stock piece of equipment falls into. It's just a regular good. And you right. wouldn't, the, the president doesn't have the right to just stop that product. It's a thing with a spring. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the yeah. weird situation with that. Um, I had another point, too, I wanted to make. Bird, but, oh, you know, back to we need to do something. If we didn't have a process in place where you sent the police to go encounter the shooter. Everybody would say, how about whenever we have one of these school shooters, we send the local sheriff's department or police there, and then they run in with guns. And everybody would say, yes, that's a fantastic idea. And we'd we'd feel like we've done something Mm -hmm. that's going to stop school shootings. We've already got that, but it didn't happen. So how about we just enforce some of the things that we already have? At least do that. Shouldn't that be getting more attention? Yes. How, about, how about we have a system where if you call the FBI, if you hear, if you think a kid's going to school up, shoot up a school, and then they investigate it? How about we come up with that? Well, we've got that, but we didn't do it for some reason. Well, right. it's a great example of how so many of our perceptions are shaped by our media, and there is nothing interesting for CNN to report on the topic of we've got to do the quiet, sometimes boring work of just fulfilling our promises, our previous promises. We've got to make the background checks work. We've got to make sure that when the FBI gets a a tip, they're processing it correctly. We've got to make sure this training we all thought we had in place with the Sheriff's Department is actually effective training. We've got to grind. There are not any showboaty congressional measures that are going to stop this. It's going to be doing the hard work. And there's nothing for the media in that. And so you're not going to hear about it. Here's a uh, pretty good text we just got. Let me preface this with saying, I'm glad Donald Trump beat Hillary Clinton. Oh, hell yeah. Now this text. 
how's Donald Trump going to run in there with his bone spurs? That's oh, a pretty good shot. Oh, that's, that's a pretty a good sh- shot. See, that's a shot right there. That's a yeah, pretty I'm good almost shot. certain of it. Democrats. Wow, that, the more I think about it, the better that <laughs> shot is. Mm. Democrats in California looking in a different direction. It seems over the weekend in San Diego for their annual convention, the Dems decided not to officially back U.S. Senator Dianne Feinstein in the upcoming election. Only 37% of the delegates backed her, while more than half of the endorsements went to state Senate leader Kevin DeLeon. But even that failed to hit the 60% mark to earn the party's backing. Yeah, I heard it portrayed on NPR, who would know more about progressive politics than me, that the real headline is, he didn't get to 60%. So the headline out of the thing is, a loss for him. Not a not a, a win for him on any level. But politics been pretty crazy. Yep. Last cycle or yep. so. Yeah. And uh things that and, and you know, going back to well it's never happened before if you don't get the endorsement that you beat it on yeah, a lot of things never happened before until a year or so ago, like Brexit yeah. and Trump. Um so you know we're we're in a new era. Yeah, they, they make a good point, but uh, yeah, the energy is unquestionably on the far left progressive side of things, so yeah, whether the conventional wisdom holds or not remains to be seen. As far as the Olympics go, we have wrapped up the games, and we had Team USA getting curling gold. It was a stunning victory. They defeated Sweden. This is a potential double for five, and maybe gold for the U.S. Can he get it? He can! Five on the board for Team USA! Four would have been great. Five crazy. <laughs> Did you hear that action with the two stones clanking into one another? Oh, yeah. Actuality. Oh, good clank fire, right there. Fire. Of course, curling invented by Ben Franklin when the mighty Susquehanna uh, froze over in 1748. <laughs> I, I've watched some curling, yeah. and I haven't yeah. got the... Traditional s- American sport. I haven't got the <laughs> slightest idea how they score that thing. Oh, it's it's like shuffleboard. Yeah. you got to come closest to the center. Right. And if yours is the closest to the center... You qualify. You get the... Well, you gotta qualify, Sean. (laughs) But so that's that's that you get those points, and then if you're if the second closest stone is yours as well, you get those points. You're essentially making it rain at that point, right? And then if the third closest stone is theirs, well, that's where it ends. But so they got like the three and the two for five. Because we had the two closest stones to the center. And what are the guys with the brooms doing? Keep everything clean. Yes. <laughs> Sanitation <laughs> is very important. That's and right. A, and a Russian team won the men's hockey gold medal on Sunday, beating Germany 4-3 to three in overtime. crazed commies. And, of course, the uh, Russians being punished uh, for some of their athletes uh, Ooh, caught doping. Devastating. They were not allowed to sing their national anthem, at least not officially. But after the win... The hockey players went ahead and belted out the Russian national anthem anyway. Here's the way this goes. You know, all joking aside, do we have actual tape of them singing? Because I think it exists. This is the Soviet national anthem. Yes. Which might as well be the new anthem of California, where Soviet-style communism, as personified by Kevin DeLeon, is coming. Coming to the red, red shores. All joking aside, I thought yeah. the video of the uh, the Russians arm in arm singing their song was pretty cool. They they're proud of yeah. their country, like everybody. Boy, is. I'll bet Putin's going to give them a sack of cash and uh, manual release when they get back to Russia because he's going to love that. You, you against manual release? 
That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. And that's the eagle of freedom screeching in the background. He, right. he doesn't like the Russians. Uh, I can I wanna, hit you with that. Uh, somebody animate a video of that eagle flying into the curling and dropping the stone right in the center. That's what I want to say. American pride is what I'm talking about. I can hit you with a couple of quick poll numbers on guns that are out there. There's some interesting stuff. Newspaper editorials and whatnot on all sides. I don't want to talk about guns. You go ahead. Um, I was going to say something very unfair, but I backed off. Go ahead. Yes, there's too much. There's too much even for me. All right. And that says something. That's not bad. I really want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. First of all, you know the little things we play before final thoughts? Armstrong and Getty are getting ready. Yes. Or what's the other guy Charming. say? Sleeve Boy Productions presents. That's one of them. Or... And then there's... Uh... The Armstrong and Getty program presents <laughs> final thoughts. Anyway, we want some new ones of those. So if you're the creative type, uh, come up with something and send it to us. Would Keep you? them short. You could be famous in your legend in your own mind. Email them to mailbag at armstrongingetty.com. So, new CNN USA Today poll people's attitudes toward guns. Can I tell you why I said I don't want to talk about guns? You should go ahead. Because you're in favor of school shootings. <laughs> well played. I'm just tired emotionally. I see it all the time. People are arguing on the cable TV all the time, and I just don't feel like anybody's getting anywhere. There's a couple of people, uh, a couple of former military guys that uh, made the rounds over the weekend that are against arming teachers or want to ban the AR-15. Mm-hmm. You know, they bring a, you know, they get a lot of credibility um, of of knowledge about guns. They understand what guns are, what guns are and aren't. Sure. Uh, with that whole thing, so I'd imagine they're very, very popular among our media gatekeepers. No doubt. Uh, by two to one, sixty-one percent to thirty-three percent, Americans say tightening gun control laws and background checks would prevent more mass shootings in the United States. Um, I don't know if that would or not, but D- it depends which ones. Yeah, it would have stopped that kid. I don't know if it would have done anything for the Vegas dude. Um. In effect, they're asking, do the things you think would work, do you think they'd work? Because, you know, everybody has a broad range of ideas. and So, yeah, the things I think would work, I do think would work. More than two to one, people say semi-automatic weapons like the AR-15 used by the Florida shooter should be banned. So that's two to one as a political issue right now, which is uh, pretty interesting. By more than six to one, that is three quarters to to twelve percent. Um, they say people who have been treated for mental illness should be banned from owning a firearm. Boy, that's a tough one. Treated ever in your life for mental illness, and you get a constitutional right taken away. You have a little anxiety in college, depression after your marriage falls apart. Come back from the war? Exactly. You're banned from ever owning a firearm. Firearm, well, in spite of the I, Second Amendment. I like when you present it, yeah, as a constitutional right. Mm-hmm. You lose. 
free speech or now you have to quarter soldiers or exactly whatever during a time of peace whichever right you I want to take not a, quartering a soldier yes you are um but because that that's a tough one so i'm a 40 year old law-abiding citizen when i was 26 i was treated for depression i can't have a gun right um that's a tough one well and i can go back to the ar15 question point out how flawed all that is it shows a political will, but when you apply it, what do you mean a weapon like an AR-15? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, well, actually, the uh, the one Congress guy, Florida Congress guy, NRA member his whole life, Republican, had both of his legs blown off in Iraq or Afghanistan. Uh, I thought he was really good. He thinks the AR-15 shouldn't be a weapon that people have. He said it's going to be, He's he's for banning the AR-15. And weapons similar to it. He said drawing the lines is going to be difficult on which weapon and which weapon not mm-hmm. uh, is not. And he got into the particulars of it that was way over my head. He fully understands the complications of it. Right. But he doesn't think it's a weapon people ought to have. That was mm. his push over the weekend. My guess is it'll settle on some sort of rate of fire kind of arbitrary line. That'll that'll become the, the divining point. But that seems kind of sticky in and of itself as well. I don't know what it'll settle on or if it'll happen at all. Um, but here's the the biggest number is interesting. After all that, seventy six percent doubt Congress will do anything. Seventy six percent. I don't know if that's cynical or just following the news for the last twenty years. You know, I've been dragged involuntarily into the discussion, but I will point out, uh, courtesy of Marshall Phillips, this is on the front page of the actual physical New York Times uh, on Sunday. The Sunday front page: NRA's muscle built on votes, not donations. To many of its opponents, the decades-long string of victories is proof the NRA has bought its political support. But the numbers tell a more complicated story. It's actually a very, very effective organizer of voters. It's not that it bribes people, um, per se. It, it writes checks, but that's grossly overrated. Well, and you know, Wikipedia, the 2013 assault weapons ban vote in the Senate that went down 60 to 40. And that was right after Newtown. With the Democrats in charge of the Senate. Yeah, and it went down 60 to 40. And now, final thoughts from Armstrong and Getty. I think that's my favorite, but we want yeah, it's more. It's great. It's brief. Send us some good ones. Here's your host for final thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought. Positive Sean, your final thought. Yeah, we had the author of the, the this book that this movie is based on. It's Red Sparrow. It's coming out this weekend. I don't know. Should I see it, Jennifer Lawrence? What do you think? Are you worried that audiences won't see it the way you see it? I was, but it doesn't matter. It's my body, and it's my art, and it's my choice. And if you don't like boobs, you should not go see Red Sparrow. Well, decision made. Mm. (laughs) That's Jennifer Lawrence. If you don't like boobs, don't go see Red Sparrow. One thing I've already always been able to count on, the First Amendment and boobs. Marshall Phillips? Another one of America's sweethearts has been arrested. Heather Locklear has been taken into custody. Domestic violence and fighting with sheriff's deputies. Heather Locklear. Oh, boy. Yes. Was, she, place. was she the one in the hot tub? That famous poster from the 80s? Which hot tub? Oh, yeah. I don't remember that one? I, don't remember. Remember. One of those people. I was raising kids. I had yeah, no time for softcore exactly. porn. Yeah. Michelangelo, <laughs> your final thought. Uh, Joe mentioned today visiting a retirement community as a kid, and I did the same. For me, it was watching a newlywed game with Grandma and having Bob Eubanks ask contestants, when's the last time you made Whoopi? Grandma loved game shows, and so did I. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> Jack, your final thought for us? I'm going home to the House of Usher. Everybody's sick, laying around, fevered. The flu has attacked my home. Mm. 
God dang it. Maybe we'll actually get flu shots next year. It's the first time we've ever had the flu like this. This is bad. I kept it away, though, because I have a good attitude. Wow. Uh, I received this lecturing email from Greg. Joe, there's already Jiu-Jitsu. It's called Krav Maga. Highly intense form of combat developed for the Israeli Defense Forces. Well, Greg, let me pen your next email for you. Dear Mark Zuckerberg, there's already a Facebook. It's called MySpace. (laughs) Mine's better, it's newer, it has a better name. Go to hell, Greg. Jiu-Jitsu. That's correct. You read the Torah. martial arts for our Jewish friends. Learn to throw people over your head. Exactly. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people think we'll see you tomorrow. Now home to take care of the diseased. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. I can fit a box of Twizzlers in my any day. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.